are listening to Fika with Vicky on United Public Radio, 107.7 and 105.3 from New Orleans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fika. Fika's with Vicky's guest this week is Kim Kaye. Kim is an author, playwright, and actor. <laughs> Today we're going to discuss her novel, Kitty Casino, but we're also going to peek into her other work for reference and fun. I felt all the emotions while reading Kitty Casino. I think it's possible for everyone to find themselves in one of the relationships or roles that she portrays mother, child, wife, friend, even a combination of them. And while laughing, you may find that you feel more than you expected to. You may feel all the emotions. However, if you feel like returning to the 70s and 80s and doing the chicken dance, that's a completely different story. Thanks for writing us this opportunity to, con to consider our relationships and choices in the safe world of fiction, Kim. And welcome to Fika. Thank you so much for having me. And that was a great description. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I just, I, I, it, it is a deceiving novel. I think for people, it takes some getting into the novel to really see what it's all about. And, and, you know, the, I don't think that, um, that sometimes you don't even feel it until you've already read that book and see how all the things come together for you. But it was definitely a fast paced, keep turning the page book as was um, dirty numbers. When I read that, it was just like, you know, let's keep reading. I, I read that in a day. So obviously it, um, <laughs> it kept me going. But and they're not little books. They are, you know, no, but when I get going, Kim, it's just like, also I had the deadline, right? Show is coming. <laughs> Must finish. But there wasn't any fight in me to do that. So it wasn't like, I have to finish Aww. this book. It was just like, I got to find out what happens. There's a difference in those two things. But before we go on, um, could you please give a description for all those people out there saying, of Kitty Casino, what are they talking about? <laughs> all right. Uh, Kitty Casino is about this girl who we'll say like she's narcissistic. She's just into herself and what makes her happy. And she accidentally has, you know, children twice, twins and a single one before she's 18, not cut out to be a mother, dumps them on her own mother. And she takes off with a rock and roll band, which she eventually manages. And then after 15 years, because of her high living, She's kicked out of the band and she's got no money, nowhere to go, except back to Toronto. And she moves back in with her mother. Her kids don't need her. They're all grown up. Um, but the mother has developed this odd uh, addiction to casinos. So that's where a lot of the uh, conflict comes in. And, and she does... She does, she didn't, oh, this is so hard without giving spoilers, but I feel that she was a mother, just not to her children. She gave all Perfectly. of that to everyone else, but because she didn't feel that the children gave back to her. Yeah, she was a road manager. She didn't know, she thought all this baby and stuff like them, the growing up stages, she wanted nothing to do with that. But she was with a rock band of four like crazy guys who needed she, growing up. <laughs> who needed mothering. She was always taking care of them, doing their laundry. So she was a mother to this rock and roll band for 15 years, but not to her own children. And, and then she comes home and she faces her choices. Yeah. And and that's something that is um, difficult for some of us to do at some times. At some times. So. I found this, as I pointed out, to be a very witty, witty but provocative book, making you look at, you know, your roles and your things. And it, 
could be a very touchy book for some people, depending on their relationships. But the family itself in the book was very forgiving. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in reactions from the readers, <laughs> how mm-hmm. other people felt about this. Because um, I got to be part of the gang. No, no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> whose, te- whose team are you on? <laughs> I'm, I'm probably on the mother, um, on Kitty's team. And I am on the kids' team. But I feel they're being a little Rudolphy about this. Like, <laughs> that's okay, Santa. I'll pull the play. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, now their life is starting. They're all going off to universities. Yeah, and- but they've been. But they still are. They still, I think, are very kind to her in the end. Mm-hmm. Considering, and and I put that on the grandmother's raising of them. Exactly, oh. and forgiving of their mother. You know, yes, they are very so I am on but I am on team kids as well, but they have their whole lives ahead of them and they can't. So I'm, you know, mostly on team kitty, I think. Yeah, most people are. And that that kind of pleases me because I didn't when I wrote it, I didn't want to write your typical, you know, this star the the main lady is beautiful and the main lady has got all these wonderful qualities. I wanted to make Tammy you know, very, not unlikable, but she had to grow on you. Which is interesting because I've had this discussion with other authors and I will say, I love the book. It's fantastic writing, but I don't care for the protagonist. And they'll get very, um, you know, they're, they don't like that, but there's so much good writing, like Breaking Bad. We didn't like that protagonist, <laughs> but that made the bad. story. <laughs> so you don't have to like the protagonist to like the book, mm. but fortunately, but it is good. Sometimes they have to start out. So there is a learning curve there. Otherwise there's no learning curve. If, if, yeah. the, if the protagonist starts out perfect, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so so you don't have to, it is she may not be someone you you want to identify with, but she may be someone who in some ways we see in ourselves as well that we're not always sensitive to the people around us or mm. or um or so so yes, I am I'm so glad to hear that and not wanting the tip. I can't imagine that and because you did a wonderful job of portraying what happens with that like the lack of money the lack of appreciation yeah and and tammy too like when she gets back to toronto she almost expects to go back into that you know mom take care of me now again and the mom's like no it's not Kitty, I love Kitty. Kitty Kitty may may be my hero, my (laughs) role model for future years. So look out, world! Um, It won't be casinos. It will be um, um, flea markets and garage sales and thrift stores. But she had that going for her too. So that's um, that's the way it is. Brian, author Brian Griner, would like to know, Kim, do you identify with any of the characters in? your novels or are you simply playing with fictional what ifs okay brian and isn't brian the one that you spoke of so wonderful (laughs) brian don't listen to that i never say a wonderful thing about you (laughs) (laughs) now he's going to be curious in my first (laughs) book which was a creative memoir everything was true um in that book i when I got this job, I was so unbelieving that such a job could exist and such, I was talking to actual humans with disgusting wishes. So I wrote, I was writing down secretly all this. Um, That's dirty dialogue. numbers. Yes. Yeah. So that one is, I didn't write, you know, this was happening to Kim in the book. I think her name was Jesse. Yeah. Jesse in that book. And she wanted to own a fabric store, which was not, I, also, I wanted to be a writer. So that was a little bit of tweaking I did. But as a memoir, of course, it's about me. Um, Lights, camera, dissatisfaction. A lot of it was stuff that was um, similar to, oh, my goodness, a lot of it was true. There was one scene called a whole chapter about the beast experiment. It reads like such 
unbelievable fiction, but it actually was like I was retelling on Scarborough Bluffs, which is like cliffs, and I had to wear a fur bikini. It was like set in caveman days. But yeah, one of the cavemen, <laughs> one of the cavemen, one of the cavemen had glasses on. <laughs> Low budget. So, but so that was, but the one that's most resembling my life was No Fire Escape, <clears throat> sorry, in Hell. Because that was about a, a singing telegram performer, which is what I did so much of, especially as Marilyn Monroe. And um, a lot of that, the only thing that was really different was that I never actually lived in my car. But, you know, a lot of the scenes were quite true to life. And and we were we were going to discuss that because um, you have had a very like from a small town in Manitoba where you were discovered for the K Tel. Yes, remember the K Tel advertisements, people. <laughs> the K Tel chicken dance. And with that. And with that success uh, under your belt, <laughs> he went off to Toronto to to find your career and life. Yeah, can you believe that? Just <laughs> you want to know yes. the background of that story? How this all yes. happened? Yeah. How did how did you get discovered <laughs> for the KTL Chicken Dance? <clears throat> I was in my fifth year of employment at the Winnipeg Police Department, and then somebody said I was working with a girl who's brother worked at the KTEL and he said they're shooting a commercial and um, they need some background people and my friend says oh my girl she I just did a, like a, a community theater play that's all I did oh she's into acting and they said oh I said what does it pay all you can drink so and I'm not much of a drinker so I got there and I had a few and I was very enthusiastic <laughs> I didn't it. <laughs> so I ended up like on the all the commercials. I ended up on all the the record album covers. You mean showing all the moves, little tiny eyes. <laughs> You're gonna have to send me a picture of the album album cover with the circle because I was looking at the YouTube videos and um, there is a video on Winnipeg Retro, I think, but it's very, it's, it's filmed in, in that time. So it's kind of fuzzy for my old eyes to sort of I'll like, I'll try to find it for see. you. I'm, you know, wearing I have the perm, you know, we all had that perm back then. And <laughs> I just love that. And so then you came to Toronto, um, to continue your acting career and to take it, to take it further. And mm -hmm. you started um, writing. Did you did you write the plays before attempting a novel? Um, no, I had. Um, no, I had dirty numbers written quite early. I never finished it uh, until I met my husband, and he was saying he had never, you know, read a whole book in his whole life. He just hated reading. And I said, "Well, try reading my book that I had written." And he was so caught up in it. He was like, oh, when, send me the next chapter and I want to see the next chapter. So I finished writing that one uh, with the help of another person who I gave the whole copy to. He was like an editor of a magazine, like Truck and Tractor, something like that. But he read it and he said, I have a friend who's self-published. So that was my first attempt. I just wanted to get it out of my mind. Yeah. So and much out of my mind, out there. And I did that, and sometimes I, I will go to a, like a book uh, book thing, and I'll just read a quick little page of it, and I see people with their cell phones and they're ordering it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the convenience of today, right? Yeah, you can yeah. you can just. And speaking of reading um, your novels, now you yourself have a YouTube channel, Kim Reads. <laughs> Just yeah, it's called um, Readings by Kimmy. Readings by Kimmy. Yeah. And so. you have part of, um, or all of, I didn't get a chance to check them all out, of um, Dirty Numbers on there. Yeah. So if people want to catch uh, a little bit of your reading and then find their cell phones. 
<laughs> that would be lovely. Um, do you have any of your other books on there or just that one? No, just that one. And that was um, in, when COVID hit, you know, I really thought I would be inspired. And for some reason, nothing was coming. I couldn't even write, you know, my grocery list. It was just so... Um, I walked with my dog a lot and I cleaned every square inch of my house. But then I decided I want to get this book out as like an audio kind of a thing or some, because I discovered podcasts and 20 minute people talking for 20 minutes and I fall asleep to that. I don't know if this is kind of stuff you would fall asleep to, but anyway, so I said, I'm going to start doing a little segment and maybe people get into it. And I just, recently just listened to the very beginning of episode one chapter one and i give you guys such a big warning like now's your chance to like get out of this channel don't watch anymore because it's it is very uh nasty yes we have we have to give a disclaimer i think um that this this book does not blame the women working in, in this no. industry it doesn't even blame a lot of the clients but there are subject matters that are just anybody would blame um they're places we don't want to go in a lot of cases except that they're part of this story and it's showing the world what actually does happen in this industry yeah so if you're if you're if you have experiences from your past <clears throat> that might um trigger you um might have you going down a darker path and thought um not make your day so sunny you may want to stay away from this but if you're anybody else um and you are curious and you want to know what does happen in this world of um the phone sex business, then I suggest this book because it is done so matter of factly. It's not done um, provocatively in order to get you. Um, um, anyways, we'll, we'll not yeah. finish that sentence because I got to add, I, please, I got to add my mother's watching this. I was not one of the operators, mom. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I took your credit card. I was like, do you have a credit card, sir? Yes, yes. This is very clear that this is a very naive, innocent girl who was obviously raised well by her mother and yeah. <laughs> would never do that. And suddenly she's in this world and you know money needs to be made for for all of us and and we quite often do so she didn't want to do this anymore than somebody flipping burgers may want to do that or some other job that we i mean some people love flipping burgers but this was just an end right They're like a means <laughs> to an end and well, and I so was only the secretary i was not the um, yes yes this was the, she did not uh, this is where her acting career ended. <laughs> the line was drawn. Okay. This, this, once again, Kim was never one of the um, actresses involved in this line. She was, she, she was the secretary and receptionist who took the information and took the money and moved as quickly as she could to the next call, washing her hands a lot. Okay. <laughs> And you know what, Vicky? I never called them actresses in the book, but that's uh, exactly what they were. I I, I think so. Yeah. So you know, if you want to make any any updates, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Um, so if you are someone writing a book where a character is involved in this business, I also suggest it as reference because you hear right from them you know, how they're feeling about mm -hmm. it every minute as Kim wrote it down. So it is, it is a reference. It is an understanding and it is very straightforward and um, does not glamorize anything about, about right. the business. Okay. Here he is again, Brian, Kim, do you find any difference in how you approach writing books compared to plays see this is why brian gets on my nerves because as you know that was one of my questions thank you brian okay <laughs> so um 
Is it different writing a play to writing a novel for you? Yep, totally. I'm a hundred percent different. Um, you know, a lot of times, if you if I'm going to write a play the correct way, you have to write you know, entrance, stage left, or something happens here and there. I'm not even, I don't even really would consider myself a playwright, although I have written them. And uh, the one that I wrote so many years ago, which was called Memories of Marilyn, that's back when I was really heavily into film and theater acting. So I was reading plays all the time. I had the lingo in my head and now I don't even, you know, I just write what somebody might, he starts laughing hysterically, but he's not stage right, stage left. And um, I just sort of feel like my novels just come out of me much easier. Plays are a little bit more, got to shorten things so much and get, you only have this much time to get this much said. And, so uh, you're working they, with a time factor as well as the plot factor. Mm -hmm. So it does, because I like, I, I just want to say, as she says, you have to cut all the words down. I find your writing very concise. Like there's not a lot of extra with no purpose. So it's interesting that you would say. Try you editing have to my latest the... book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's not my job. My job is just to read it after you do all the work. <laughs> um, but but so you have so it is a labor I suppose because it's communication and com it's just two people talking to each other right so and communication has to be very concise and informative so yeah I can yeah you know how in a in a, in a book you can say like in a play he moves stage right he walked over stage right but in a book you could say he walked over aggressively each footstep sounding loudly you know you could make it more visual like you can see it happening so and in a play i guess the director will read it he'll know what he's gonna do but it's very dry if you're just picking yeah. up it, uh, up with uh, yourself without that in mind yeah. So I can see that. So you are more, I'm going to get, grab it, Brian. You won't get this question. <laughs> so you are more of a pantser than a plotter. See, I, when I saw that, I was, I never heard that word pantser. Okay. So pantser is writing by the seat of your pants ah. and, and, and um, plotting is plotting. Yeah. I would say half and half because I write, um, I'll think of scenes or I'll think of one thing that I want to get across in the book and I'll take a piece of paper and I'll write it might be whatever notepad I have going at this mm -hmm. the time and at the end I'll put them in order and I'll say I'm, I'm ready because inside of me I feel almost a whole book I feel like I could just sit type 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 but I just got to look at sometimes little my little plot points Right. So you have that curve there. You have that, say, in Tammy's case, her growing curve. Yeah. And yep. then the story just weaves around it. Hi, yep. Darius. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Yes. Um, so so that being said, and, and now that we're into the play section, and so you have three plays out there and that you have acted or starred in written and produced i'm starting to start calling you sylvester stallone <laughs> we're talking about philadelphia and those stairs yeah <laughs> so so one of them is memories of Marilyn. what drew you to Marilyn? um why why was that the person you chose like, again and Marilyn, bless her heart and everything else was such a major source of income for me you know she bought my house basically but she the reason I got started is because I was just an actress I moved out here to pursue acting and then I got hired for a Sears commercial I'm really dating myself but you know <laughs> okay okay I have a feeling that you know the people who listen to this show are remembering all of these things along with you <laughs> so I had I was modeling the Oh, modeling me and my husband were modeling our house coats, but they wanted a Marilyn Monroe type. So that I remember going to the, the library downtown Toronto, looking her up and seeing like poses. And then somebody from that commercial saw me and referred me to this other job where there was three nightclubs opening in Toronto and they drove me around in a limo 
to do like a special appearance at each one. I thought, my God, this job is so amazing. I get a limo and and um, the, the jobs just kept coming in. So then I started studying her. But when I wrote the play, I really wanted to get a feel of, of a lot of different things that happened in her life. And because the play that I wrote was not all about Marilyn. It was a lot of the factual events. Mm-hmm. But there was another girl in, in current times who also had that same look and that same vulnerability and was in the same bad situations. Um, what do you call casting couch, all that stuff, you know. So it was like Marilyn trying to give her like some kind of advice from beyond. So f- first, um, so it wasn't like you chose Marilyn. It was almost like she chose you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, mean, I was doing her till maybe long past expiration date. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you give the illusion, obviously, that energy is there that they pick up on because they're still asking for you to do Marilyn, aren't they? I still got a couple, but I think that they you know, last saw me like maybe seven years ago and still want that same because I had a great act. I could I could do it in my sleep. I could put my makeup on in my sleep because I did it so many times. Like I used to say I went to like a thousand parties a year almost, but, you know, always as Marilyn or events. So like probably 10 a week. Easy. And and the other thing is. Knowing the Sears catalog, it really surprises me that they asked for a Marilyn Monroe type. Like it was it was oh it was a commercial. (laughs) I was thinking of modeling for the catalog because it never seemed that exciting to go in those um, directions. Oh, this is a compliment. Where can I put that up? Hi, Sarah. Um, enjoying Sarah. two lively ladies talking literature plus more. Way to go, Kim and Fika with Yay. Vicky. Yay! We 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 like us. <laughs> oh, why why doesn't she know this? Never knew my sweet friend has written plays in in her secret bag. Is, yeah, is this not something you share with like even your writing group? Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, you want to know what I'm doing right now, Vicky? Okay. okay. <laughs> I used to also write movie scripts, right? And I even had my two of them optioned in the past. But I have a lot of movie scripts that never got made. Um, of course, being the writer, you know, I like them. I think they're good stuff. So I'm taking one now and completely revising it and turning it into a novel. And it's been, I don't know if I'm cheating, but it took <laughs> me a long time to write That's that. Not cheating. But it seems like I have a ready-made, a ready-made, like talking about plotting every note. Now this happens in the script. Change it to the, you know, the book. So you're a thrifter. That is repurposing. <laughs> that is repurposing. Oh my Kim. god. Wow. Because it's not like okay, cheating would be plagiarism. Okay. You're not doing that. You're just taking. <laughs> Something that you created before and putting it into a different form. I mean, people do that with going back with books, updating them, everything. So, no, it's not cheating. Good, because I got like You're four so more scripts in there. <laughs> no, so that's another. So you do. So you do want to dedicate the rest of your life to writing. This has become a passion, and. And um, that's where you're, what you're looking forward to doing. Is that what we're? It has always been a passion. And I just came back from like this holiday and I just kept thinking, I can't wait. The only thing that I miss is the book that I'm writing right now. You know, I have animals. They're in good care. I really didn't miss them for the last two weeks. Um, The scandal. (laughs) I know my son. I didn't miss my son. (laughs) You've spent a lot of time with him. Well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thankful to said son because he got you on here and and ready to go. So you didn't have to stress and we could really enjoy ourselves. So thank you, son. Um, (laughs) And that is it. But what are you working on now, Kim? What is the book that you missed? Well, the book that I missed um, is going to be titled so far, The Pleasure Club. 
So that is about halfway, almost I would say halfway through. Um, but after that, I'm going to go back because I have a new computer. So, oh, Vicky, I don't even want to talk about this because I'm sort of well known for being so. It's a difficult. Think about how much we've had to learn. You know, our parents had to I learn <laughs> how to use a microwave. <laughs> That was difficult for technology-wise. Not that they didn't have to learn a lot of other stuff. Or, please, I apologize to all people of my parents' generation. You had it rough. But, <laughs> but we have we went from only being able to watch Bewitched when it was on the television set, where we only had like three or four channels. I don't know what they had out where you yep. were. Same thing, three or four channels. Two, and, like, and one streaming. had to be in French. <laughs> <laughs> and did that make us learn it no <laughs> well you may i'm not very good with accents i mean accents or language learning that's my thing okay <laughs> so so you're working on this so one, book yeah and editing um the the next book which i have written probably like three years ago but you know Sometimes when you write a book, I love to leave it alone for a while, mm -hmm. go back. And now I got to really like, I got to edit hard. And it's, it's going to be one of those things where I may have to give it to somebody else and tell them like, just tell me what needs to be chopped and what is really not necessary. But it's, I call it the book of boys. That's the one book that I think might need to be changed because you're not going to pick it up and say, oh, there's a lot of boy names in it. But it's about... I'll tell you what happened. Um, people sometimes tell me I write sexy books and I don't really think, because I'm not a fan of like sexy movies. There like isn't, to... you don't have sex scenes. No, I what I've... I no, mean, okay. it, it might say it happened, you know, we, they did it and they might've, you know, but there's no description of it. It's not my style. So this is right when, when, um, what was that? 50 shades of gray around that time, mm -hmm. maybe it was after, a little bit after, was, was popular. And I thought, let me see if I can write a sexy book. Page one, I was off that idea. But I wrote about sex. This book is so about sex, but it's about a girl's addiction to it. And again, no, you know. So no, I, I want to say that because I wrote that down and felt for, so clever at some point. And now... <laughs> Now the words aren't, but yes, you write about women finding themselves in real world situations. Like these are situations that women, you don't blame them. You tell the story of how they got there, how it has affected them and, um, and, and what is, what comes of it that it's, it's like, it's a part, and more people have fallen into these situations than the world talks about, or you know, without giggling or you know, just whispering. Or you're you're very straightforward and out there with it. Well, that's what I try to show, even with um, with Kitty Casino. That was about you know, it could almost have been like not elder abuse, but taking care of your aging parents and about addictions, and same with um the no fire escape in hell that was about being homeless having to live in your car even though you have a great job and everything there's you know extenuating circumstances why this is happening and, and i think they really are a service okay they're fun i don't want to make this like read True. kim's books because it's an True. important social issue thing to do <laughs> uh <laughs> No. It's, it's, it, it is a service and you can read them. They are involving. Um, it, it's so weird that they can also be entertained. Um, yeah, it's just because you feel all the feelings. You know, it's not anger is bad or this is bad. It's a roller coaster. A life is a roller yeah. coaster. And you portray that through the method of your writing as well as the story itself. And I heard people say that, you know, I, I laugh on every single page. So, thank goodness, you know, they're mostly comedic about these subjects. It, no, it, it, well, see, I think laughter is the most important thing of all because there is a thing called the warrior laugh. And I think your characters have that. They don't give up regardless. They keep 
ongoing. There are tears and there is laughter at oneself as well as it clears the mind so you can enjoy. It's that break. If it's too heavy all the time, you start to sink. But, you know, that's why it's a roller coaster. It's like, up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's why your name is Kaye, as in Yippee Kaye. Because when you're writing the book, <laughs> it's like you're in a rodeo emotionally. So so that, that works out. Okay. Boy, I need you to write, write, write all my blurbs. <laughs> I'm so behind on reviews. I, I, am, I am now again apologizing to all authors. But, but you need more. I saw your thing, so I will get out there. Um, Kim, ha, this is Brian. Okay, I, I lost this. Um, Kim, ha, how has the acting field changed since you started? It is, a, is it a career you recommend for someone? Okay, well, there's two different acting careers that I was on, Brian. I was in the film and theater business. And I'm not going to lie, back in the day, the casting coach was such a big deal. Actually, there's been a couple of you know, interviews I did where people really wanted to... Remember that uh, Me Too situation thing? Yes, yes. They all wanted to talk about that. And I was just like, it was such a common thing, you know, the running around the couch. And, well, I lost that job because I didn't... Uh, you know, do what he wants. Stop running. <laughs> yeah. So that was like so common back then. Um, and I, was, I talked to a few of my friends who are in the business still, and they're like, I'm just waiting for that knock at the door because they thought they were just being themselves and making comments. And and now they're just like, everybody's, you know, I'm going to get canceled any minute because I called somebody a, you know, fat something. And so, uh, but that's uh, that's changed, and now I find that with Actra, the union, everything is like really monitored. If you do anything over time, if they ask you to do this, if you do more than one audition, you should get you know compensated. And they are really um, trying to make it better for the acting the actors because that's a such a tough tough business. So it's one of the things in this world that has gotten better. You believe that from yeah. when you started it. I think it's gotten better, but on the other hand, the acting that I do right now mainly is um, I'm an entertainer, which is I do children's magic shows and and parties, and sometimes I do statue work, things like that. <laughs> I didn't know if you froze or that was you doing statue work. <laughs> and you know that's what I still do, and and. That there's so much of it right now. There's um, I, I don't know. Since COVID, everybody wants to party. Sometimes we go to shows. There's eight entertainers, eight guests. It's like how you just spend so much money. So it's crazy. it's yeah. No, we are going through a definite um transition phase. I would think possibly. I think so. Anyways, I'm not mm. okay. Um. Soria, Soria, tell me how to say that properly because I don't want to. Um, um, Sora, Sora. Um, here we go. And she says, "There you go, movie scripts too. My memoir since since German Festival has been begging for a movie script. Kim, I can't afford you otherwise." <laughs> So now, see, people are asking to turn their <laughs> their novels into into scripts. So you just get this down pat. You can go one way or the other, and just <laughs> just keep things um, flowing. She also says that Ple Pleasure Club is a tantalizing title. Um, Pre-sold copies. This is a great ad. So, do you have do you have that up for? Okay. Brian's giving some authorly advice oh. on editing. Write drunk and edit sober. That when you're in excellent advice. But though editing while sober, it's painful business. I think it's because I mean I haven't got past my first draft, so I shouldn't be talking. But my thing is once you know what happens in the story, it sort of loses its it's glamour. And then it's down to hard work. People don't understand in their in their dreams and, and images of what a writer is doing, what very hard work it is. 
Well, you know what, Vicky? I don't want this to sound like a, you know, I'm really pushing Kitty Casino, but I edited that thing 10 times and it's a 350 page novel. And I actually enjoyed it every single time until the very last one, really? just because I, I was done. But every time I almost seemed, and I was the writer of it, I almost seemed to find something new or something else that made me laugh. With the characters and, and their, well, this yeah. is it. People don't understand the amount of t number of times that people edit, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and they think, and the more successful an author is, it seems the more they edit their book. So you can see how that contributes to the success of good editing is everything. Um, and to know your characters and to know why there has to be a reason why everything you have to fill in all those plot holes. You can't just say, oh, the whole book was a dream. So, you know, there's a lot going on there. Um, so it says, love that book about a girl addicted to, uh, addicted to sex. Okay, we just, um, and um, not many authors will pick up that theme. And no, you do go where others may not. Yeah. Okay. I'm reality. To, That's all reality, I find. I'm going to go down to Robin. Hi, Cam. Was wondering what inspired you or gave you the passion for all this writing. It's pretty amazing listening in to all the things you have accomplished. So. Thank you so much, Robin. I feel like I'm 180 years old. I've done so much. <laughs> and that was just yesterday, folks. <laughs> but in my whole life, ever since I was quite, quite young, I used to write uh, like little kids books, you know, like Nancy Drew things, but that would fit into a, those little scribblers, those little notebooks. Yes, yes. So I was been, I've been a writer at least until about 10 years old. I've always wanted to do it. Um, the acting bug hit me also. And uh, I really enjoyed acting. Not, And I enjoy entertaining, too, the Maryland thing. You know, it's not often you have to go to work for 15 minutes, and that's your day. But um, writing but is always... But there's all the prep with makeup and everything as well. Kim. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the driving and Toronto traffic is horrible. But the, I've always had a passion for writing. Um, probably from my mother because she was she wrote a newspaper column. So, um, and I still have that passion. It was only gone during COVID, which was a stupid. You know, I could have used all that time, written two books. In that no, time. no, no. That's not your. I've I've spoken to a lot of authors, and there have been articles, and a lot of people felt felt. Um, they just couldn't write because there's a lot of stuff going on and there's that that little stress that is humming in the back even though you don't realize it the whole time also there was if you're writing a contemporary novel what's going to happen after this like we don't know mm -hmm. how this is going to turn out what is the future i'm writing for so all of that would have been going on in your head so it was a very natural thing to have happened Good, because I taught my dog to walk backwards. So, <laughs> that that's, that's talent. <laughs> no, but I was going to say a lot of your acting that you did was was the roles were created through your own creativity and your storytelling um, skills. So that they were both like um, complementing each other, don't you think? Well, I, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> I just. I lost time. <laughs> You're like me, and the the many years that as years pass, we dislike it even more, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Brian, Kim, do you see yourself as a genre writer or as a teller of stories who ignores genres? I was trying I to choose episode box B. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have, I write genres other than being like adult fiction, I guess I would say. Um, yeah, some might say that is women's fiction. I don't like that term because as I pointed out in my notes, um, I think that it would serve if we wrote, if we read, 
each other's fiction. <laughs> it wasn't just women's fiction. Maybe that would give us more insight into each other and our relationships. So I think it would be do um, men um, good to read these books. Um, but um, yeah, just general fiction. I I would think there's no. I was there's no. Because I don't think my characters really, other than, I mean, living in a car, a man can live in his car. I'm trying to think um, a male could be going through tough times in the film business. Um, it could be happening almost like to any gender. So I don't see, and I do yeah. have a lot of men who say, you know, I've, I read this book and what other stuff do you have out there? And yeah, no, this is this is what I was thinking because a lot of people would and and as I said, I don't like that dis, that description of a genre because I don't like that separation. Um but I don't see I I can I some people might place it into like those kind of books. You're like, well, that's women's literature, put it there. And I don't think there should be that limitation because I mean they do. And, and that's what I wanted to know what men who did read the books, their reaction to it, because, um, because, well, let's say, okay. So say for the example, there's a lot of novels out there that um, there's not, I love all writers and all books. I do not want to book shame in any way as my disclaimer before bringing it is, but there is a lot, there are many books that are like, man, bad he did this now i have to find myself so that is the crux yeah. to to do that and it sometimes frustrates me because not always is man bad <laughs> sometimes woman is bad sometimes we're all bad um yeah. and and so i i enjoy these books because they don't blame the books do not blame. There are natural consequences. We do not punish the characters with our opinions. You know, there are natural consequences to actions. And you very logically provide those consequences. So, um, no genre. <laughs> Kim refuses to be labeled. <laughs> She's a free spirit. Um, oh, there. Um. Oh, Zara, that's very nice. First of all, Zara agrees with me about the service that Kim is providing. And I must announce my appreciation for anyone who agrees with me. <laughs> Did you hear that, Brian? And yeah, <laughs> she also says congratulations to us both. I'm not sure on what, but um, <laughs> for you, the books. Maybe just on meeting each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this has been very fun. Okay. Um, okay, so. Hello, Brian. Author Brian Greiner says, Kim, I'm only now slowly thawing oh. out from my own COVID freeze in my writing. Yay. Here's to us, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't friend him. He'll turn on you. <laughs> Beware. Beware of Brian. Um, oh, oh, oh. Okay. Um, oh. Okay, so um, we're also getting greetings from author Susan Marcus uh, and Tamara Engel. So there's a lot of people just um, enjoying this time. Kim and, and saying hi. So um, that is always lovely. So, oh, I have to ask you questions. You know, you're always welcome back. Finish the next. I'll give you incentive. Finish the next book. <laughs> and then right. and, and I'll read them. Um, I'll finish. I'll two read books. the one where you where you're living in the car. Not you, the character. Is in the car. I hope we can find it because I haven't even checked what the status is since I parted ways with that. It's still company. supposed to be up there. It was only the other one that said that said it was no longer available. Which one? Lights camera. Lights camera was no longer available. I got a copy. I'll, I'll send it off to you. Oh. <laughs> Yes. Thank you. It's good to be Vika with Vicky <laughs> when you want to read the books. Um, so when we're talking about this, and you're and you're in the this world of casinos and rock bands and things like that, and when we come from you know a similar era, 
what do you have a favorite rock band? Can you pinpoint it? I'm thinking that's a yeah. hard question. No, when I was writing the book, especially during the rock and roll scenes, just to like flavor my life. Who did you picture? Always ACDC. Oh, really? Yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my go-to band. I yeah. you know what? I can see that. I can see that with a uh, yeah, yeah. I can see ACDC. Yeah. That, I had a second choice. Maybe tragically hip. I like them a lot. And then Rolling Stones rounded off with them. So what about you? What's your rock? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm so I'm I'm so bad at making choices because I'm a mood person, right? <laughs> so it depends <laughs> on the mood. At this moment today, I just watched the um documentary on Wham. And that may not be a rock band, but George Michael. The fact that he was producing that music, writing it and singing it at the age of 21 just blows me yeah. away. And it's a lesson because the critics downed him. Like they were like, oh, this is, he was 21. What kind of person does not encourage a 21 year old really? to go further? High that? school graduate almost basically. Yeah, yeah. And so and so I'm sort of looking at him as and plus wake me up before you go go is such a happy song and can have yeah. so many meanings. So I have recently, yes, people been listening to Wham <laughs> because it's happy and and just because in memory of such a talented person who people tried to, to shut down. Um and he survived mm -hmm. that. And so when people try to um try to shut you down that's what they're doing they're not doing it because um for anything for your own good they're doing it because they don't want you to keep going and growing right yeah yeah it's um it's haters hate there. hang on vicky oh i'm the worst earbud wearer in the world <laughs> that's okay that's why i have these because i'm like they're gonna fall up so steve said I would have thought the hip and you said the hip second. Yeah. So, so um, it's, and, and, and that is, that's sort of early, that's sort of later than ACDC. Like the hip wasn't really in the, in the seventies and no, early eighties. No, no. They came out with this one album and I even was so impressed. Like Robin Williams at one point gave them such a shout out. That's probably why they became very well known, but, you know, the Boots or Hearts album, that one, replay, replay, till I, you know, destroy the, the DVDs, the CDs. Because there is so much storytelling within their work, like storytelling and real emotions and, and, um, and just a sense of music that isn't, that is very original. Like mm -hmm. the way they, it, it just, they should be on everybody's favorite band list. Um, Tamara's correct me. Okay. Um, late eighties, early nineties. That's, that's what I was thinking. Oh, and Steve says this has been a very engaging interview. Yay. Um, great by both of us. Okay. When are we going on the road, Kim? <laughs> No, you have to write and send me that other book. Oh. We have things to do. <laughs> we can we we have responsibilities. We can't just go traipsing off. Our but you family. are inspiring me. Thank you so much, Vicky. <laughs> oh no, thank you. This has been this has been fun. And and I'm glad <clears throat> you know, I'm glad that you are so lively because writing is a very solitary experience and, and some, and so it tends to um, attract introverts or whatever, but with your other personality and things that, you know, it's, it's, it's been very lively and fun and the commenters have been out there in droves yeah, um, and we're just having a party over here. <laughs> so, but you know, I'll tell you in real life, I am quite, I, uh, people say I'm not, but I feel like I am an introvert. I'm not one to go out there and meet people because I do like to stay home and do my, my writing and do my own thing. Um, but you like but to entertain. Entertainment is like a form of storytelling. <clears throat> so when I you're guess. in that character, when you're in that character, you're like, no, I can see that because <clears throat> as crazy as I am being, excuse me, as crazy <laughs> as I'm being this afternoon, I'm, I'm a quieter, quieter person. So I yeah. would not act this way on the streets you're safe people um 
<laughs> and it, it's just we can't see them. Here we are, just just um, having a coffee over a table that happens to be two to four, three hours away, depending on traffic um, <laughs> from each other. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so no, I can see that you're not, but you have you are doing a fine job of being out there for us today, Kim. And it's Thank nice you. to see you <laughs> without, without all the, um, <clears throat> okay. So, so, and see Sarah's, Sarah. Okay. I have to get this right. I apologize. Your friend from the Courtney Park writers. Zora Zoberi. Zora Zoberi. Zora. Zora. Zora? Yeah. Okay. Um, absolute extrovert, extrovert, I thought. You know what, Zora? We need to have coffee because we've had similar opinions about Kim. <laughs> so we need to talk about her. And, and Robin says, another really interesting broadcast. Um, thank you, Vicky and Kim. Thank you, Robin, for turning out. And I am working Thanks, on those... those uh, Okay, tell me what you think about this. At the end, I say, may your coffee be hot and your story sweet. And so people have suggested they would like a mug that says that to go along with Fika. But when you look at having these mugs made, they can be upwards to $30. Now, don't you think $30 is a lot for a mug? I'll send you a link. I got a friend who does that thing. Okay. Yeah. okay. Because I'm finding nothing and I, I cannot be responsible for people paying $30 for a mug. I just won't let it happen. So I'm just, it's delayed because I'm thinking about you, Robin. Okay. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Kim, where can we find your books? Where can, well, we can find you writing, I hope. So don't go looking for her. <laughs> um. The usual Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I, you know, that's about what I think is out there. It's just the regular places people yeah, yeah. go looking, and and they're on, and I believe the ones that are available are all on ebook, and as well as in paperback, right? Oh yeah, that's right. They are and and reasonable <clears throat> in this country here in Canada. Um, Dirty Numbers was only three ninety nine. Yeah, that's an ebook. Yeah, that's yeah, as, as an ebook. E yeah, yeah. So, but the point is, they can go now, have their afternoon coffee, and order a copy and start reading it while they're yeah. <laughs> while they're um. So you like your ebooks, don't you? <laughs> um, they're easier to read. You can make. Mm. Okay, from an older, I didn't think I would ever make this transition. And then during COVID, it was it was important because you could just order the books, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, it became too small on my phone, so I got a e-reader. And then you can make so as you grow older, they're lighter. The words can be bigger. There are advantages too. Okay, maybe you talk me into it. <laughs> <laughs> you can take them everywhere. Um, you know, it, it, I, yeah, I do. And, and for the average person out there, it is cheaper to, to read. Yeah, e yeah. So, um, so, you know, they're just trying to budget their way. So read what you like. I never want to force anybody into any decision making. <laughs> this is a big decision. So I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad we had this time. Same, same. I'm looking forward to reading your other work and to see um, boys, boys, book of boys so book far, of, book of boys. Um, um, that's a, that's a very intriguing title um, coming <laughs> out and being launched. We need to very definitely do this someday again. So oh, love to love oh, to whenever you're ready, just knock on the door. It'll always be open for you, Kim. Okay. Right. So now we have to say, Bye, Kim, even though hey, we were guys. having fun. And hey. I have to make a oh, Brian. I don't even know what message this was from Brian there. Okay. Hi, Brian's message. I got carried away. Mm -hmm. You take care and we'll talk later. Okay. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye bye. There we go. All right. That was such a fun time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And I will see you all next week. 
and I'm just going to close down comments. I think I got the last one. Um, so I'm just going to end comments now. And I will see you all next week. And until then, may your coffee be hot and your story sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone.